in the studio from the city of Monmouth, we do have Ken Helms, Communications Director. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Also with us is Chief Casey Rexrote, Monmouth Fire Chief. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Vanessa. Also with us, Andy Jackson, who is our Public Works Director with Woodard and Kern. Good, good morning, Andy. Morning, And Vanessa. with you is Jennifer Anders, who's also with Woodard and Kern. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Good morning. All right. We've got a lot to talk about. Ken, let's jump into the first topic of discussion. Sure. Uh, city Council actually had a discussion on allowing uh, golf carts on city streets. Uh, that actually follows some inquiries that we've had from local residents. Um, a lot of the smaller communities uh, in the area are allowing that. Um, basically, they pay a one-time registration fee, and they're able to uh, drive their golf carts um, on like side streets, different stuff like that. Um, so because that's kind of started to get popular, and I know Mercer County has a lot of that stuff going on as well, um, we've started getting inquiries about it. So council discussed that kind of the pros and cons to it um if there's any cities of our size that actually have that or if it's just mostly smaller villages that are getting it um i guess what it would be entailing if uh we wanted to go forward with that kind of what the police chief's opinion on it was that kind of stuff um it ended the discussion with uh they're going to have the city attorney uh, draft up a uh, an ordinance so it can come back to council and they can discuss uh, if there's a, if if they think that that's just something that could fit the community or not. So are you looking for any feedback from the community or is this something where you expect a draft ordinance to just be presented and you guys make a vote? Uh, well, it, it it's like anything. Um, they're always looking for uh, input from their constituents. So um, if that is something that the community thinks that they would. Uh, like to see or if they have concerns about sure. it due to traffic stuff like that um, feel free to call city hall um, or uh, your older older person if you'd like all right what were the main pros and cons ken uh well it, it's like anything uh, golf carts are a slower moving vehicle um, they also sit a little bit lower to the ground so uh, there are concerns about um, you know driver safety that kind of thing um, they would be uh, in, in all regards, uh, restricted from operating down Main Street and Broadway um, simply because those are uh, very heavy traffic um, and truck routes, that kind of thing. Um, it's just nobody feels that that would be safe to operate it. So what they've done in other cities is they've allowed them to cross the road, mm -hmm. uh, but they just can't operate on the road for an extended period of time there. It's mostly a side street uh, kind of thing. Um, so safety concerns would definitely be uh, one of them, and they would uh, require a license, so it would only be uh, licensed uh, people operating these. Uh, we wouldn't have underage people driving around. Uh, that is something that you do see sometimes in the smaller villages around the area. They don't have that restriction, but uh, everybody feels that Monmouth is uh, at a minimum to the size to where it, they need to be licensed, um, they need to be inspected, that kind of thing. Okay. So possibility of the allowance of golf carts on city streets discussion taking place with the city of Monmouth. The telephone number to City Hall, 734-2141? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's okay. Right. If you have any feedback or questions you'd like to have answered. And that will that be on the next agenda, or you think it'll be a little while? Uh, it may be the next one or the one after that. Um, council uh, didn't make any hard decisions on it. Um, it's kind of one of those things where we have to compile a, a number of ordinances just to see if this, this is something. Okay. So, um, it, I would expect it within the next month or so. Okay. Thank you very much, mm -hmm. Ken. Uh, some good news. Uh, uh, City of Monmouth 
looks like they're going to be able to improve our equipment with the fire department. Chief? Yeah, uh, last night the uh, city council approved the uh, purchase of a new uh, ladder truck for the fire department, which we're very excited about. Um, we've been um, wanting a new ladder truck for quite a while now. Um, our, our current truck is just getting some age on it, having a few issues and things like that. And so um, we've been looking for, for a way to replace it. And, and uh, finally, last night, we were able to uh, get that accomplished. What's something like a new ladder truck cost? Uh, they usually hover right around a million dollars. And so um, they, they're you know, it is pretty expensive to replace that kind of stuff. And so um, that's why we don't do it very often. But uh, fortunately, uh, we get quite a few years out of our trucks here in Monmouth, and uh, we, we maintain them very well. So uh, so we'll have it for a very long time. Okay. And what do we do with the other, uh, the truck that has the, the issues? Is that something that's saleable or? You know, I'm not sure. We haven't really decided yet. I think we're still kind of uh, kicking around the ideas of, of se- selling it or, or uh, auctioning it off, things like gotcha. that. And so um, that'll be uh, things to come. Okay. Tell us about the reach of our new ladder truck. So uh, the, the reach and the type of reach that's needed for a community our size. Actually, the, the reach of the new ladder truck is um, a total of 107 feet. Um, it's a straight stick style. Um, you know, currently we have a, a what we call a platform truck. It has a bucket at the end you can stand in. Uh, this is more of a straight uh, t- style where uh, the ladder, there's no bucket on the end of the ladder. And so um, it, it is able to be deployed per- fairly easily here in town. We could use it on more residential fires and things like that. But it also has the reach to be able to get some of those houses that have a further setback from the street. And also we have a lot of industrial uh, facilities, as you know, um, that maybe we can get that get that reach to get out in the middle of the roof. Okay. Well, good. Good for you guys. Oh, thank you. you got to feel really good about having a, a, a purchase of a new ladder truck for safety for the community. Yes, we're very excited about it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ken, we're back to you, sir. Yeah. Um, and then we had the building and zoning monthly report that Director Clark gave. Uh, he just kind of gave us an update on some of the construction projects that are happening around town. Um, JB's Woodshed, um, they're just awaiting an awning on their building, uh, and then that whole facade restoration project that they've been doing uh, will be complete. Uh, the United Way has been uh, repainting the exterior of their building. Um, let's see, it'd be on the east side of their building. The uh, brick had kind of gotten uh, weather-worn, that kind of thing. So they've done a repainting on that, and now they're uh, repainting and redoing their uh, facade up front as well. Um, so that'll end up being a, a nice-looking building when they're all done with it. And uh, zoning has resumed the rental inspection program. Uh, that's a program that they started uh, a number of years ago. Uh, basically, it's just a, an inspection to make sure that rental properties are safe um, for uh, the tenants to be in. Mm-hmm. And uh, two abandoned properties have been submitted to the Strong Communities <coughs> Grant. Um, that's a grant program that allows uh, for 100% uh, reimbursement on demolition costs. So sometimes the city gets abandoned properties that, uh, you know, somebody just left them and they've fallen into such a state of disrepair that uh, they don't even, uh, you know, qualify as handyman specials anymore. So the only thing that we can do is uh, demolish them so they're no longer a uh, you know, a safety hazard. Okay. And that's about it. For All the right. Rest. Let's turn to Mr. Andy Jackson, and uh, he's going to start with his Woodard and Curran annual review. Yeah, we uh, usually try to take uh, an opportunity once a year to go through um, the previous year. Our contract runs concurrent with city fiscal year, uh, May 1 to April 30. So um, I uh, like to basically kind of review the year uh, from an operational standpoint uh, with city council 
And uh, 2020 is going to be known as the year of the pandemic, obviously, uh, with all the challenges we had to face, social distancing, masking, one person in a vehicle, um, and working around all of that, and the ever-moving target on, on uh, what CDC was putting out. So it was uh, a big challenge, plus we had five people retire last year. Uh, from my department, which uh, I only have 20 in the department, 21, I believe, uh, to start with. And that covers water, wastewater, streets, billing, uh, uh, an awful lot of scope. And uh, when those folks retired, um, we were able to backfill, I think, three of the positions, again, and working with the city administration on uh, budget, unknown, you know, with the pandemic, unknown what was going to happen to revenues, uh, we were pretty skinny last year because we worked with two less staff. Again, commend everybody within my staff on on uh, getting the job done. I know it didn't always get done as timely as we'd like, but when you have reduced staffing, uh, those things do do occur. Um, worked the entire year. We're over uh, as a department. We're over 1,500 consecutive days without a lost time accident, which is remarkable uh, given uh, what we do. Um, Compliance-wise, all of our uh, drinking water met all EPA regulations for uh, the Clean Water Act. Uh, all of our lead and copper samples were, were well beneath any type of maximum contaminant levels. Um, EPA came in and did their uh, three-year inspection of our water facilities and found zero deficiencies. So, again, pretty pleased with, with how all that, uh, that, that's the hard work that pays off that a lot of folks don't, don't know, uh, and wouldn't unless you're in the industry. Um, uh, from a financial standpoint, uh, I know when we presented our budget last year, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, and it was approved, and when the pandemic hit, I know I worked, uh, very closely with Lou Steinbrecher, uh, Lou had asked for a significant reduction in the budget, and we were able to accommodate that. We reduced our cost by about $250,000. A lot of that was due to the personnel, uh, not backfilling positions, and then the retirements that we had. Belt tightening, uh, not uh, doing uh, some of the normal maintenance tasks that we would do, like street painting and, and uh we put off some tree work uh, that we would normally have done. Uh, again, those were not necessities, so we, we really went with pretty much a bare bones uh, and had to for a while. Uh, as, as we went through the year and things turned out to be not quite as dire on the revenue side, we were able to start backfilling some positions and, uh, and again, return a little more return to normal operations. So uh, all in all, again, a very challenging year. And with all the construction projects we had going on, uh, it was amazing that we did not have any uh, project shutdowns on, on the construction side because of the pandemic. Again, the uh, general contractors and their subs uh, that did all the projects that Jennifer is about to talk about uh, and were able to pull those off, keep them moving, keep uh, working every day in spite of all the, all the issues with the pandemic. So... Uh, Tough year all in all. I don't want to have to relive that one again if I don't have to. Nobody <laughs> does. No. Yeah. It was uh, difficult. Good news is uh, we are starting to return a little bit to normal, uh, planning on backfilling the vacancies yet this year uh, that I still have uh, to get back up to full staff. And uh, 
one of our biggest issues now is supply chain. We are really struggling to get uh, just just common things. We had ordered a new uh, utility dump truck last October, and here it is the end of uh, first of August, and uh, received an email yesterday on my inquiry. They're still waiting on the uh, on the computer chips for it. It's built, ready to go. Don't know when we're going to get it. Dang. So it's almost you know that's nine months ago. And everyone's been asking about the painting of yeah, the Yeah, the, the street striping. Again, uh, we ordered all of our uh, – we, we use a water-based 10-minute dry uh, paint mm-hmm. on our uh, uh, street paint. It's designed for traffic. Ordered it in March. And, again, in, in checking basically weekly with the supplier, they don't know when we're going to get it. Uh, so we're just – it gets frustrating. Because I know, you know, we we want to paint. We want to restripe everything. The town looks great when it's when it's all painted and striped up. Checking with other vendors are having the same issue. So it, we're, I mean, we're not alone in it. It's just it, it it's a little bit beyond our control. I just can't go to Walmart and buy you know 300 gallons of yellow house paint because it won't last anyway. It'll be gone in three days because it's not designed for you know traffic so you have to get it it's a specialty uh maybe you can get it from steve at people's do it center you never know (laughs) (laughs) so so uh you know i hope folks recognize that again it's 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 not that uh that we uh, it's not on the list of stuff to do it is but again as, as we fight supply chain and i think that's prevalent uh in in a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of places and things, I know getting getting parts, uh, longer lead times, uh, trying to order ahead on, uh, you know, just uh, general uh, maintenance items that we need for the department. Sure. So, and real quick on your twenty twenty yeah. and twenty twenty one fiscal year revenue totals, this is something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Folks can see this um, on the city of Monmouth website uh, as well. But I did not know how much revenue Smithfield brought. To the community. Oh yeah, they absolutely do. And uh, break that uh, down real quick. Well, that's a lot. Yes, it is. Their their water uh, uh, consumption is metered, uh, and they are billed monthly for it. And that's close to nine hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue just on the water side. Sewer is based off water usage, so eight hundred fifty thousand dollars for uh, that they paid us last year for sewer, and then. The big nugget is almost $900,000 they pay in debt service. In other words, that the, the North Wastewater Plant uh, construction project, that is, they are the sole user of the facility. The city um, bonded out the money to uh, do the project, and then Smithfield actually makes those debt service payments to the city, who then pays the, uh, the bondholders. But anyway, that's close to $900,000. So you're looking at almost $2.7 million a year that they pay the city for water and sewer services. So uh, uh, integral part of, and if you look at the total revenue of $7 million, that's uh, a pretty hefty percentage that they pay of that. Yeah. So. Never seen that before, so Well, I'm glad for, you learned something. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> you bet. Okay. And um, I'm going to turn it over to Jen yeah. on our uh, all of our capital projects and work that uh, that we completed and what's, on the, what's coming at us. Okay, Jennifer Anders uh, with us as well. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm going to have you get a little closer to that microphone. There you go. All right. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so last night we talked a little bit about um, the capital projects that the city was still able to complete uh, last year, even during the pandemic. 
um, pretty impressive to see that they completed over $10 million in infrastructure improvements um, despite everything that was going on during 2020. Uh, just highlighted um, a couple key projects last night. Uh, phase two of the long-term control plan. This is um, an Illinois EPA mandated program um, with the city being a combined sewer uh, system, which is where you have stormwater that makes its way into your mm -hmm. sewer system as well. Um, so trying to, to handle those heavy rain flows essentially. So they upgraded some pumps out at a dewatering lagoon for just over a million dollars. That was com completed last year. Um, the other big one, like Andy just alluded to with regards to um, Smithfield, so the city has spent the last number of years in discussion with Smithfield and trying to understand what was needed out at that industrial wastewater treatment plant um, and coming up with a plan and going through the estimating and getting the funding in place for um, and then getting the buy-in from Smithfield to, to handle those costs. And that project right now is about 80% complete. It's almost a $10 million project. We're at about $8.5 million to date in expenses. And again, that's up, upgrading the capacity and the capabilities of the wastewater treatment plant that handles all of the Smithfield waste. Okay. Um, another big project, everybody's probably aware of the Loves station that came to town in 2020. So one of the projects that the Public Works Department had to do was to get water and sewer over there for um, that plot of land. So that 11th Avenue utility extension and road renovation, that's what that was for, was to get water and sewer out to the Love station. That was completed in 2020. Uh, that one had a cost of about 750000 and that one was also paid for completely by Loves. So the city didn't have to fund that one, which was nice. Yes. And then the last um, major project from 2020 was the East Euclid Water Main and Road Replacement Project from North 1st Street to North 6th Street. It was about a $750,000 project upsizing and replacing a water main to a new 10-inch water main. Um, and then the road improvements on top of that after the new water main was installed. Um, about $400,000 in grant was received from the state for that one, and the, the remaining balance was paid out of the city's okay. um, motor fuel tax. So the next thing that we talked about was some big projects that are ongoing right now or are in the works right now. Okay. Um, one, I think that I've actually been here to talk with you guys about a couple months ago is the... Um, there's a, a green infrastructure project that we're doing in conjunction with the high school. Um, so we're actually replacing some of the paved area of the parking lot with some rain gardens to try to pull off some of that stormwater runoff that's going into that CSO system that I just talked about. Um, the city was able to get a grant for um, the bulk of that project cost. It's about a $230,000 project, and we are just kicking off design. We're going to be doing some exploration of the soils and stuff out underneath the parking lot um, here in the summer and fall, and that should be completed construction by the end of next summer. Okay. Um, the downtown sewer interceptor project, we're just looking at replacing some of the old sewer infrastructure in town in this downtown area, and we're working with the state on um, a, um, a, a state uh, financing program that has some significant grant associated with it. So we've kind of got the initial phases of the application in for that one. It's about a $2.7 million project, and we're hoping to get about 40% of that covered by grants. And then the big one on the books right now is the West Harlem Water Main and Road Construction Project. So, it's a huge one. Everybody's yeah. waiting for it. Yes. So design is complete on that. We're awaiting some IDOT approvals on the road plans. Um, 
It's about a $5 million project, so part of why it's taken so long to do is because it is a very expensive project. And we are applying for a number of different grants and funding opportunities for that, Um, everything from the state to some earmarks through Senator Durbin's office, as well as um, a federal grant. So. Looks like we're halfway there. Yeah. I mean, with what you've got listed here as the secured money for this project. Yes. Yeah. So still still a long way to go. Long way to go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It just takes money. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Just write a check, Andy. (laughs) I noticed the bank has all kinds of money. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, when are we thinking we, how long does it take to get the, up to this 5 million in grants that we've applied for? I I can, I I know the, um, uh, community, sorry, the community development block grant uh, that we applied for, we should know uh, probably by the end of the year. Okay. The $1.7 million raise grant that we applied for, I did look on their website. They're supposed to make those announcements around Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so those are two of the big ones. Um, uh, the Durban earmark, I don't know uh, when we went, may or may not get notified on it. I have had communication back and okay. forth with their all. They know we, I mean, they've received our application. So, um, well, at least it gives you time to plan because that's right. going to be one major project. It, it you've got be. the hospital, the YMCA. Yes. You've got things to consider. So the planning that must go into uh, there, redoing a, that right, road. There's an awful lot, especially with traffic control, that's going to be uh, uh, interesting uh, when we get into it. So, once it does go, I would just ask everybody to be very, very patient because it will be, uh, I don't know, you know, if you haven't seen a construction project when you do dig up an entire road and replace underground and then do the road, it's like a war zone for a while. So Well, we haven't seen it in a while, so we'll Yeah, we'll no, we're it. all looking forward to it. I, that's that's one of my signature projects I'd like to see get through before I... Uh, and I'm, I'm very much teasing you, Andy. Please, yeah. I went to Bloomington two weeks ago, was um, south of here, Quincy... The roads are just tragic in all they of are. the state. They are. They're, uh, and, and it's always been a revenue issue, especially the last probably 20 years. Uh, revenues have not increased to keep pace with cost, as Jennifer indicated. Just the, the six or five blocks we did on Euclid uh, for ADA compliance, the whole thing, that was about $330,000 just to pave five right. blocks of street. So, I mean... Uh, when you consider how many blocks of roads we have in Monmouth, that kind of gives you the, uh, the something to compare on. Right. Wow, it's expensive. So You're listening to 1330 WRAM, Monmouth, Illinois. We're talking with the city of Monmouth after last night's city council meeting. Back to Jennifer Anders. She has the capital improvements that are underway, as well as the SCADA system out before we conclude. Go ahead, Jennifer. Yeah, so the, um, the last project underway is um, another Illinois EPA mandate out at the municipal wastewater plant, and this is just um, a disinfection system. So it's essentially um, putting in ultraviolet lights that you pass the wastewater through before it's discharged into the stream to ensure that that the, um, the wastewater has complete disinfection. So again, we just kicked that one off. We just started on the design of that, and design is intended to be complete by the end of this year, okay. um, moving into funding and construction. And then the last item on the list kind of rolls into the next agenda item, which has to do with the water and sewer SCADA system. And I'll touch on this, and then, Kenny, I can kind of hand it back over to you to fill in some, some gaps there. 
But essentially, this is a comprehensive upgrade of the control system for the water and wastewater systems across the whole city. So this is for all of your water plants, your municipal wastewater plant, the industrial wastewater plant out at Smithfield. It's upgrading the control systems with all of those. Um, And more importantly, it's bringing them onto a common system, which will help the city with maintenance of it going forward. And it also helps significantly with security. I'm sure everybody's aware cybersecurity has become um, a key topic in the industry and just really around the world in general. Um, And so this allows the city to be able to implement a more secure system. In addition to the cybersecurity, it replaces some obsolete software and hardware that's no longer supported, um, along with some upgraded capabilities of data storage and also um, tablet functions for the operations staff so that they'll actually have tablets that they um, can carry to locations with them for data entry. Okay. And Kenny, I don't know if you want to expand any more on that. Sure. Um, so the system we have right now uh, actually dates back to 2005. Um, and in technology terms, uh, it definitely needs some upgrades that's there. Um, the bad thing with the uh, with this type of system is it's an incredibly niche system. Um, it's, it's not something that you normally see. You only see it in industrial control systems. It's uh, called SCADA. Uh, that stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition, if anybody's curious uh, about the geek speak there. But uh, uh, basically what it does is it controls the pumps. Uh, it sends out the telemetry that the operators use to determine, you know, how much chlorine's going into something, um, basically everything. Back in the day, uh, they used to go around and check um, every single thing. Uh, they just make rounds constantly throughout the day. Um as everybody can probably assume, that takes a lot of staffing uh, to do that. Um, that's that's a pretty uh, time-intensive thing. So as uh, we upgraded the water plant in 2005 um, and then started upgrading some stuff in the wastewater plant, uh, everything started getting automated because that's how the industry goes. Uh, since then, um, now that software has become obsolete. Um, it's no longer supported. So uh, Water and Current... Uh, has to go through the very time-intensive process of switching all that old uh, coding, all the old programming over to the new system uh, to make it compatible with something that's going to last, you know, another 15 years, that kind of stuff. Um, And we can just constantly make small upgrades to instead of having to make this uh, one large thing. Uh, Woodard and Kern has worked with us for about seven years on our SCADA system when our uh, former integrator retired so uh, they kind of pretty much already know everything about it um, how to keep it running um, that kind of thing so uh, we kind of got a quote from them to do everything and uh, they did award it last night uh, to them and it's in the amount of $629,000 um, like I said th- this type of software this type of system um, it's not something you can just buy at Best Buy, and it requires uh, months of integration. So um, we're Specialized, pretty happy. yeah. Yeah, pretty happy with it. Okay, good. And I uh, really appreciate you coming in, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer Thank Anders you, with us from Woodard and Curran. Last thing on the agenda, Ken, real quick, was a housekeeping item oh. to do with the 20-minute parking zones in the downtown area. Yeah, we did. Um, one of the things that uh, we kind of got some input from uh, visit- visitors to our downtown and small businesses was uh, the 20-minute parking zones that we have around the square. 
Um, at night specifically, uh, there was sometimes that customers didn't want to park in those uh, because they were afraid that, uh, you know, they were going to get a ticket, that kind of thing. When the 20-minute parking zones are really uh, intended to be used between, you know, 8 and 4.30, that kind of thing. So what we did was we amended the ordinance so then we can update the signs to say that it's only effective between 8 and 4 30 uh, monday through friday okay so that'll that'll give um the evening uh traffic a little bit more flexibility where they park that kind of thing because okay. we have seen um that the downtown starting to become a lot more busy at night yes so. we have had some wonderful developments mm-hmm. and improvements in our downtown so okay anything else y'all have for us this morning no just again uh uh reiterating uh how well you know again we tried to perform during a a very very difficult year i I guess i can't hit on that enough just because of uh we all lived it and uh, i know in my world of public service it was it was just difficult and 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 doing it during and completing these projects uh that we had and not having any significant uh issues or situations uh, and and again performing as well as we could with reduced staff through the year okay hopefully the folks understand that and kind of an explanation on uh, how we got there and where we're heading okay andy i appreciate it very much andy jackson with us jennifer anders woodard Woodard and Curran, also ken helms from the city of monmouth public uh excuse me communications director and chief casey rexrope monmouth fire 1330 wram let's join regularly scheduled programming it's 906